Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Blessed today to have a guest who I happen to have known for quite some time, Mike Burris. I knew him first as a police officer for the Fort Wayne Police Department. And uh, during that time, after he retired, he moved on to something else. But we're going to talk about that something, a little bit about the police department. And then we'll talk about that something else that Mike Burris has been involved in. Mama, let Mike, Mike, you can say hi to let people know you're here. And there is a second person in the room. All right. <laughs> like I told you, Mike Burris, I'm going to have him explain exactly what he's doing now. And then we're going to go back in time to his days walking a beat. Mike, go right ahead. Tell us what you're doing right now. Uh, currently, I'm employed with the Allen County Coroner's Office as the Chief Investigator, mm-hmm. um, working with Dr. Nelson and the rest of the coroner staff. Okay, you catch that, right? What, what is your official title? Chief Investigator. Chief Investigator with the Coroner's uh, yes. Office. Okay, so I, I was teasing you this morning already. I said you weren't out and about early this morning. Uh, we had a that shooting in, investigation at the Fort Wayne Police Department as currently working and our office was involved in that also. Well, you were involved uh, in the shooting? You were shooting people? Or what? Uh, no. We weren't actually doing the shooting. Uh, <laughs> as the coroner's office, we're a responsive agency. Something has to happen for us to be involved. Okay. So, All right. I'm just te- giving you a hard time yep. here. Okay. Let's go back in time, okay? When did you first get on the Fort Wayne Police Department? Uh, started into the police academy in uh, 1987. Okay. October of 87. Right. Graduated then in uh, December of 87. Okay. So you, when you're done, you're just a patrolman like everybody else? Correct. your time as a patrolman? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, any special areas you go into? Uh, actually, um, my career, I started on uh, the streets as a patrol officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what started working on second shift. Uh, and after about three years, decided that being a law enforcement officer was really not for me. Really? Uh, before um, going into the police department, everything that I worked for so far was medical. I was emergency That's room right. technician, That's right. uh, worked up in the recovery room mm-hmm. uh, in a hospital, worked mm-hmm. on an ambulance service. Mm-hmm. Uh, my time in the Navy was uh, as a corpsman oh. and um, really thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and go back to school and get my nursing degree. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, 1991, a position opened up in crime scene. Okay. So I bid on that position. Uh, at that time, crime scene was not something that anybody wanted to do. Right. Uh, it was a lot of work. A lot of times you're on call. Mm-hmm. So I was able to win that position uh, with only three years on. I did. Now I'm going to back up because I've known you a long time. I didn't know anything about the Navy. Yeah. Um, I was in the Navy Reserves, uh, joined 1982, and okay. served until 1989. I'll be darned. I did not so. know that. Well, thank you for your service. Yeah. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yep. Okay, so that's why you always stand at attention in church when I see you. I stand straight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you left the streets and you went into crime scene. Yes. And uh, tell, tell me, what is crime scene? Uh, crime scene, the officers are a specialized unit. Uh, when I went up, there was one sergeant and three patrol officers. Mm-hmm. We had one of us per shift. Um, and our main focus is is the evidence and the scene itself. Okay. Um, kind of the way that I explain to people. Detectives talk to people and people tell detectives what they want them to know. Right. Crime scene goes into the scene, takes a look at the evidence, and the evidence tells them what they need to know. Okay. So your crime scene 
investigative tech. Crime scene tech is okay, uh, the Fort Wayne Police okay. Department's term. And you liked that more than being on the street? Oh, I did. Um, working the streets, one of the biggest issues that I had is you go into the same house for the same problem day after day after right. day. Right. And you say, okay, Mabel, this is what you need to do to handle your problem. Mm -hmm. But no, Mabel would much rather call you tomorrow and have you come back to tell her the same thing. Well, she liked talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get you get domestics, and right. at that point in time, um, domestic violence, we were using the um, citizen's arrest complaint. Mm -hmm. So it was the victim was making the arrest. Right. So you go, and they, Joe keeps smacking me. Well, okay, well, do you want Joe arrested? No, just have Joe stop smacking me. Joe, stop smacking her, and then you'd leave, and then you come back tomorrow because Joe mm -hmm. smacked her again. Right. Uh, since the laws have changed, it made it a lot better, I'm sure, for the officers on the street. But that was my issue, was going to the same place day after day and the people not helping themselves with their own problem. Ah, gotcha. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, because like I said, I knew you, but I didn't, you know, we were going different directions. Right. So you are working right. here, I was working over there. So you end up in crime scene. Then what? Uh, working in crime scene, um, the uh, crime scene officers, it was a death investigation, you would mm -hmm. have a crime scene officer out there. Okay. And so starting in 91, um, working in crime scene, multiple, multiple shootings, stabbings, mm -hmm. homicides, suicides, questionable deaths, accidents. Right. Working all of those, um, started then seeing the same coroners at the scene, mm -hmm. and Dr. O'Shaughnessy in 1995. Right. I remember that um, name. We we worked quite a few scenes together, and he mm -hmm. goes, "How would you like to be a volunteer deputy coroner?" Oh, so I, okay, sure, I'll, I'll be more than happy to do that. Mm -hmm. So he brought me on as a volunteer. Okay, and uh, still working in crime scene, <coughs> a full time job there, and then taking call occasionally for the coroner's office. Okay. And in two thousand and one, um, promoted to sergeant. Uh, with the Fort Wayne Police Department and was able to stay in crime scene in an exempt position. That normally doesn't happen. No. Usually, uh, once a patrolman is promoted to sergeant, mm -hmm. they go ahead and they place them back on the streets. Um, yep. And it's usually second shift is where they start off. Right. I think with the, uh, the department saw that with <clears throat> my training, knowledge, and experience that the best thing for me was to stay in crime scene. Now, as a sergeant in crime scene, did you have a patrolman under you? Yes. How uh, many? At that point in time, we were up to seven. We had seven wow. patrol officers. Okay. Um, so I was running the uh, crime scene section. Okay. Uh, Dr. Brandenburger at the time was the um, elected official, and he asked me if I'd like to be a part-time deputy coroner, so I now moved into a paid position from volunteer. Right. So 2001, <clears throat> promoted to sergeant, and also picked up a part-time job working with the uh, coroner's office. Holy cow, you're a busy man. And that part-time <laughs> job, you know, one of the things with police officers, everybody always had side jobs. They always mm -hmm. had some side job that they were mm -hmm. doing. So all I did was I took my side job and started to work towards a career after policing. Oh, smart man. Smart so. move. All right. Give me, as a crime scene tech, you know, I know there's people listening, they're probably thinking to themselves, uh, what exactly is a crime scene tech? What do you do? You get a call, let's say, to make life easy here. It's a shooting. You get a call, there's a shooting. Yeah, we're notified. Uh, usually the crime scene techs are notified uh, that there has been a shooting investigation. Okay. We're given the address. Right. And uh, at shooting investigations or homicide investigations, you want uh, at least two crime scene techs and a supervisor. Okay. Um, it is the crime scene tech job to take care of everything inside of the taped off area. 
That right. is their focus. Yeah, we see that on TV all the time. That's it. The detectives are responsible for the areas outside of the crime scene tape, talking to the witnesses, the victim, perpetrator, if the victim's still alive, uh, if we have the perpetrator arrested. Mm -hmm. Crime scene techs, uh, you go in, uh, there's a seven-step protocol that they follow, um, primary survey, uh, secondary survey, this has been a year since I've been that, uh, primary, secondary, um, there is walkthrough, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not even going to remember it all. Well, that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's our, okay. Our primary survey is, as I was explaining to the new techs, is you put your hands in your pocket and you just go through and get a feel for what the evidence is telling you. Okay. Uh, hands in the pocket uh, is important because as police officers, we go through, we see a shell casing, what do we want to do? Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> what have you just done when you picked it up? You've moved it from its original position, so you've changed that scene. Well, but we see that in the movies. They take their pen, they stick, stick it, in it in there, and look and they show it. it to each other, yeah. And then they put it back down in the exact <laughs> position as it was. So, On TV. Yeah, we don't like that. Okay. So. Um, as you know, at our crime scenes, you have the yellow police line tape and mm -hmm. you have the crime scene entry log. Right. One way in, one way out. So but we that's can not what they do on TV. I know. They, the, the detectives pull the tape up and they go underneath it. At some point around, yes, they do. But we want to maintain the security of that okay. scene. So All we right. have that one way in, one All way right. out. Okay. So, um, and the way we can also maintain the people that have been inside of the okay. scene, limit right. that number. Uh, but the crime scene techs, they go through, they let the evidence tell them what's happening. Okay. Then the secondary survey is when you take your photographs and your measurements of the scene, you measure um, if we're inside of a house, the walls, each room, mm -hmm. furniture, where the evidence is, be it shell casings, projectiles, right. um, bullet holes in the wall, blood spatter. Hmm. Um, all of that things are things that we utilize to uh, either prove or disprove the stories that are being told to detectives. So. You're not there trying to prove anything. You're just putting all these measurements and pictures and things together, and then later you're told a story. It, that's that's the way that it works okay. best. Because if you go in, if uh, you've already been told, well, this is what the witnesses are saying. Da -da 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 -da. Mm -hmm. You go in, and then you start looking at your evidence and going, yeah, I can make it fit the story. Ah, or if you go okay. in with no story, gotcha. you say, well, this is where I think the shooter was because of the shell casing, and this is where the perpetrator or the victim was. Okay. These are the movements the victim made after being shot. Okay, now we've seen, and this is a big thing on TV because everybody wanted to get into this when it started hitting the TV. They're showing them, you know, following all the way through where you end up making an arrest on the end. Is that part of the, is that real life? Come no, on. no, that's the detective's job. The okay. detectives are the ones that develop the suspect. They're the ones that um, make the arrest on the mm -hmm. suspect. And when I said that all we do is prove and disprove statements, mm -hmm. that's what the crime scene techs do. Okay. Because the evidence is not going to lie to you. Okay. Um, you know, people will lie to you on a regular basis, but mm -hmm. the evidence won't lie. As a crime scene tech, you have to be able to look at the evidence to make sure that it's not been manipulated. Okay, all right. If somebody tried to change the scene to mm -hmm. make it look like something that, I'm gonna to try to make this look like a suicide. Gotcha. You know, there's things that you just cannot change that we're gonna know that, yeah. no, this is a homicide as opposed to suicide. So, how many years were you a crime scene tech? Uh, I was uh, a patrol officer or a crime scene tech from uh, 92 to 2001. Okay. Promoted to sergeant then in 2001 and retired from the police department in 2010. All right. Now, during that time, and I asked this question uh, to a lot of people who were like in domestic violence and things like that, victims assistance, 
who do you talk to? Because you've seen some ugly stuff. Who do you talk to to let go of some of that? And I think a lot of my ability to let go of it was even before I became on the police department. Mm -hmm. Working up in the surgical recovery room, oh, I right. spent some time in surgery. Okay. So seeing the insides of the human body and um, working down in the emergency room then, seeing the car crashes and the shootings and the stabbings on somebody that's still alive, right. you have to learn how to let that stuff go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I came onto the police department, it was really easy for me to step into crime scene, right. to work with, um, and for uh, morally I have, when I go in at a scene and I look at the body, mm -hmm. the body is all we have left. Whatever made that person Jimmy Smith is now mm -hmm. gone. Right. And all I have is the body of Jimmy Smith and Jimmy wants me to let people know what happened to him. Gotcha. That's the way I look okay. at it. All right. So I let, uh, you let as much of the personal stuff go as you can. Gotcha. Okay. And like I said, you've seen a, a, enough. Yeah, I've seen quite a bit. And the stuff you see on TV compared to what you do in real life is not close. No, because when you're looking at TV, all you see is the what you see. Right, right. When you're there at the scene, you see it, you smell it, you uh, hear things, okay. and so you're getting all of your senses involved instead of just your sense of sight. Gotcha. So you, you enjoy what you do. I love what I do. Okay, well, that's good to hear yep. that part <laughs> of it. And now your office is across the street here, but... Um, Give me like a day in the life of what you do. Give me, give me a scene. Right now, what do you do? What is your responsibility? Um, with the coroner's office, mm -hmm. um, the coroner's office has three responsibilities by state law. Okay. It is the cause of death, the manner of death, and the identity of the deceased. Gotcha. Those are the three things that we're required to do, produce or to do. Okay. Um, as you notice um, with uh, press releases from the police department, uh, any of the police departments where the death in, is involved, the press release states the uh, identity of the deceased to be released by the coroner's office mm -hmm. at a later date. Mm -hmm. uh, what we want to do is ensure that the family has been notified before we put that name out to the media. Right. It's just like last night's incident. Mm -hmm. We had an idea of who it was last night at right. 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we waited until after the autopsy, after we took the fingerprints and we made the positive ID right. before we notified the family. Mm -hmm. And then once the family's notified, the media was notified. Yeah, because if you did it wrong and had the wrong part, that could be an ugly scene. And that's a very ugly scene. Um, you know, um, Mistakes happen. Grant County, a number of years ago, with a misidentification of a deceased individual and a live individual, and right. it, it played havoc. So mm -hmm. um, the three things that we have to do, we have to do right. Mm -hmm. So, okay. And if it and if it does, if it takes us a little longer than what people want it to, we're still going to do it right. So okay. I'm not going to call the family and say so and so's dead, and they say, well, no, he's in bed. Then what do I do? So. You quickly hang up. <laughs> I never called you. <laughs> no, that's just wrong. Okay, we're not making light of it, but that it, be. Yeah. so your job is a lot different than what it used to be. Correct. You're not in the the nitty gritty as much. That's correct. Uh, the deputy coroner on scene is responsible for the body. Okay. So we stay out of the way of crime scene, let them do their job. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go into their scene and mess things up. So I'll let them do right. their job. When they're ready for me, they say, all right, we're ready to move the body. Then we go in, we'll collect our photographs, uh, tag, uh, identify, tag mm -hmm. the body if we're able to at the scene, right. place them into a body bag, and then secure that body bag. Mm. and then transport it to the forensic center for the autopsy. So now are you involved in the autopsy? 
uh, we attend the autopsy and document for the forensic pathologist. Okay. Now, the question was asking, because I was telling people I was going to be talking to you today, they said, there are people at the autopsy who are not doctors, is that right? That's correct. And the person who actually has to do the dissecting of the body, are they a doctor? Yes. The, here in Fort Wayne, we have two forensic pathologists. Okay. Uh, specifically trained in forensics, uh, pathologists by trade, and they perform the dissection. Okay. Um, you know, the initial incisions are made by them, and then their assistant, the deaner, then helps remove the organs, weigh the organs, and get them ready for dissection. But the deaner is not a doctor? No. The deaner could be anybody? Yes, anybody who um, <laughs> is interested in that kind of work, uh, they mm. can go ahead and if there's a position open, uh, usually they're looking for somebody with some kind of medical experience some. just because of the job they're going to be dealing with. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we're not like Chicago where they're having, you know, hundreds of homicides a year. Correct. But we get our fair share. You know, we're doing really well this year. Uh, last night's was number eight. Okay. And I'm going to say this because my wife and I laugh about it all the time. We'll say it's almost like the news media is going for a record. You know, it makes it sound like, you know, we're at this number here, but last year's record, last year, and it's a record. It's like, wait a minute, are you encouraging people to get that record? <laughs> Come on, Fort Wayne, we're so, running yeah. a little slow this year. Yeah. So, and again, you could be called out at any time and, uh, you know, on the move and doing those well, things. Well, with we have uh, Dr. Nelson as the elected official. Okay. Uh, we have three full-time in the office. Uh, we have four part-timers who help cover call. So between the eight of us, um, we rotate call one night per week and mm -hmm. then it pushes with having eight of us. Then also we have about a dozen uh, volunteer deputy coroners. Okay. So especially in mass casualty, plenty of people that we can call in for assistance. Okay. Um, the volunteers, we just want them to help us on call. So if uh, I'm on call, say Tuesday of this week, I might get a call from one of the volunteers and says, mm -hmm. hey, I'll cover your call for you. Mm -hmm. So now I get a day off call and somebody else picks it up, so. Um, I had uh, Judge Gall here, and we were talking about the opiate crisis, and are you starting to see more uh, deaths from that? Last year it was much worse. Um, mm. So far this year it hasn't been too bad. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of sounds a little callous. You You're know, right, we right. haven't had too many deaths due to opiates, but any death is too many. Right. But um, the numbers are down. So. And does it seem like it's because of education, or do you seem like it's because? What I do think you think it's it because is? of Narcan? No, they're getting Narcan sooner, so they're being revived sooner. Mm-hmm. And and you're seeing? Are you seeing the younger people dying because of the all opiates? age groups? All that, age. Okay. Uh, younger mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're hitting the street drugs. Oh my. Oh, yeah. And again, I, I mean, I asked that question about who do you vent to, who do you talk to, because I mean, mentally, you've got to be strong, but then there's a side of you that is, is human, too, that you got to deal with this in some kind of way. I mean, exercise, you, praying, meditation, you, burning incense, what do you uh, do? <laughs> main thing is is uh, strong families. There you go. Uh, my wife and I have been married uh, 30 years. Okay. And you know, when I got off work at the police department and I went home, I was no longer a police officer. You I, you know, that stayed at work. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to um, go into the house mm -hmm. and treat everybody like I'm still the police officer. Right. Because there's, you have to put on a persona when you're on the streets. When oh, yeah. you're dealing with people, you have to. But you don't need that same persona at home. 
you know, mm -hmm. and husband and father at home. There you and, go. and that's what I did. And then that same thing has transferred over um, with working with the coroner's office. Uh, my wife's in the medical field, mm -hmm. so if there is something that, uh, you know, remains with me, I'm not able to compartmentalize, I can talk to her about it. She understands go. where I'm coming from. Good support. Yep. Great support. Yep. Well, that, that's what you need. And I, I know your family. What does your family think of you? Your boys think of you doing this? Uh, do they ask you know, questions a lot, or do they not shoot, care? I was in crime scene before they were born, so that's all they've ever known is that Dad deals with dead people. <laughs> So when the, the opportunity uh, presented itself for me to retire from the police department and go work at the coroner's office full-time, it was, it was seamless. Yeah. I moved over from doing death investigation in one agency right over into another. And you're enjoying where you're at. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah. Uh, um, going, like I said, going from a policeman to a coroner, uh, to me that's a, a big jump, but I can see through the years how you slowly made your way mm -hmm. to that position there. It's not like you knew nothing about it when you got into it. Absolutely. It wouldn't be the, the position working in the coroner's office. Um, we offer internship programs for college students, junior, senior level. Yeah. And uh, the intern that we currently have, her plan is for forensic pathology. Okay. Um, IU student put in her application, interview process, and we've accepted mm -hmm. her in. So she's just starting to work with us. We'll start off really slow because we've got to introduce the, to what it is that we do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I can't have an intern uh, who wants to sit in the office and file papers. It's not what you're here for. This is hands-on, and oh yeah. So today was her first autopsy. Okay, so and that that is a weird thing to be involved in mm -hmm. if you've never seen it. But um, so what about like a uh, someone to do what they call a ride along? just a day shadowing you for a day and they're a high school student looking to go to college for this do you guys take them high school students um, is strictly in the office um, okay. I'll go over what the what the office is what mm -hmm. we do and mm -hmm. how we do it but um, no scene work no autopsies um, if time presents I might run down and we'll do a quick tour of the morgue mm -hmm. um, if there's nothing going on because mm -hmm. there's lots of times where uh, downtime, you know, there's a gap between um, lunchtime, they have to right. eat also, um, or you get in the morning before the autopsy right. starts, and uh, we can run a tour through there. Okay, now here's a question that people ask all the time because they see it in the movies. Is the morgue really cold? It is cold. Does it, does it we, stay cold? We There's a refrigerator. Uh, we do have a large cooler where the bodies are stored, mm -hmm. but the autopsy suite itself for some reason, uh, the deaner likes to keep it cool, and it's her place to work, so we let her have it wherever okay. she wants it. All right, so. so yeah, you always see that in the movies, and it's like I didn't think it was really <laughs> cold in there when they're doing that, but I guess there's some truth to that. They keep it. They keep it pretty chilly. Mike, I appreciate you being here and uh, answering some questions and making us understand a little bit more about what you do on your job. And I think it's neat that you went from the police right into being a coroner. Yeah. Uh, that is really something neat, and and that you enjoy it. And what well, you said, you love your job. Yeah. yeah. If if you didn't enjoy it, it wouldn't be something that you could just go into work every single day. And then you're going every yep. day. You kind of almost mm -hmm. forget you got vacation time, don't well, you? Well, um, in my position, uh, I don't earn vacation time. I'm a straight salaried employee. Okay. So, uh, okay. But when I take my time off, I don't worry about work at all. Okay. Well, good for you. Good. That keeps you sane. That keeps you you're sharp. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, folks, we were talking to Mike Burse. He's working in the uh, Allen County Coroner's office right now, but he was a Fort Wayne police officer, and he took some time out today to talk to us, which I really do appreciate. And I, I've known Mike for 
quite some time, but boy, I'm really happy he made it here today. Uh, folks, we do appreciate you listening in and hanging out with us. Remember our email address is policepodtalk at gmail.com. Any topics that you've heard in the past or even the topics you heard about today, if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and hit us up on the police. Oh, man. I'm getting choked up. <laughs> Policepodtalk <laughs> at gmail.com. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll catch you next week.